Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, Whoa. fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Got a nice uh, early bird edition of the Fantasy Football Roundtable today. Going uh, going live at lunchtime. It feels nice to to be live this early. Got the whole day ahead of us. How you gentlemen doing today? I'm doing fantastic, but I just see a typo in my thing, so I'm going to log out and log back in. <laughs> just tra- <laughs> traded CE for MT. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, that probably comes off pretty bad. There. <laughs> How you doing today? I don't know how none of us caught that to begin with. I'm doing pretty good. Hi. Well, what's going on, Ray? CE for MT. That's bad, man. That's bad. I don't know, really don't know how none of us caught that. We're all just sitting here. I'm, I'm uh it's good that we're all back together or we'll be with when CE, that's a good question. Who the hell is CE? I have no idea. Yeah, there we go. Works out a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I just, what it, you know, it's amazing that these offensive lines around the NFL are taking their job of protection so seriously that they're the ones taking the COVID hit for everyone else. Yeah, that's true. They're all about protecting everybody. You got to love it. You got to love it. Feeling better? Yeah, feeling better after your grammatical error there? (laughs) Yeah, I'm 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 feeling melancholy about the trade. I I feel like it it's going to help me this year as long as Michael Thomas doesn't go full AB, you know, and his ankle's healthy. I I feel like I'm going to get the most points out of Michael Thomas. Uh, it was Michael Thomas and David Johnson for CD in a 22 first. So I still have two uh, two nice pieces from that rookie wide receiver class and Pittman and Edwards. But man, CD was my guy out of that class, and and uh, but I, I just felt like I, I I'm third in points in that league. I'm two and five, and uh, I've been making trades for a couple of weeks. I took a hit last week uh, when the Cardinals game went into overtime. Kyler Murray cost me my third straight win, so I'm still a game or two out of the playoffs. Uh, but I feel like I'm gonna I've, I've built a pretty solid team. Uh, got what Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or not Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Julio Jones, now Michael Thomas, Robbie Anderson, James Robinson, uh, James Connor. Uh, so I, I feel like I've got a solid team and the points have been there. And, uh, 
you know, it's an industry league. So obviously there's a, a certain amount of pride involved in uh, winning that league. So we'll see. Could totally shit the bed. Well, the good news is if uh, you, you listened to Matt give us an update yesterday, yesterday uh, yeah, you, won't, gonna bring you won't be missing that much from the 22 class. Yeah, I mean, right. well, there's some good wide receivers, but I think that's kind of going to be a weaker class compared to what we're going to get this year in 2023 right now. So, yeah, I, I would say it's a good trade. I mean, I'm I'm seriously regretting the Michael Thomas trade I made a couple weeks ago. I traded a DJ Chark and a first for Michael Thomas for a team that I'm loaded on and then I are loaded. On. I'm, I'm low. That team is loaded. And then I've gone to lose the last uh, four straight. So I'm sitting at two and four in a 16 team league where now the first now looks like it's going to be a top five pick at the moment. So I'm not really liking that. I gave that up when I could have had dark in a, in a top five pick. Cause it doesn't look like Michael Thomas is going to get me back into a playoff run here. So I don't know if Dennis is right. And he gets a hundred targets and 75 receptions. It's going to help all three of us. Yeah. He's got 10 games wow. to go. If he comes back this week and you know, Drew Brees funnels the ball to him, you know, you yeah. can, Crack on that slant guard mic all you want, but you know, you give me a hundred targets for uh, gosh, a thousand yards, 75 catches, a thousand yards, and six touchdowns in 10 games. It's well within the, the realm of possibilities for Michael Thomas there. And we all so. pick the Saints to be in the Super Bowl, so we need them to bounce back a little bit. That's exactly right. why the, the Saints have been as bad as they have been this year. Uh, let's talk be about good the other if Bruning hadn't picked him, we'd be doing just fine with this thing. That is probably very true. No, he's been the best picker among us. Let's yeah, not- you're welcome. <laughs> let's not even put my picks in at times as well. Um, so another two team, the other two teams in that division, or two of the other teams in that division that played last night, did not end up being the fantasy scoring fest that we wanted it to be. Maybe we should just stop saying that on Thursdays. Hope for bad games, and then they're going to end up being good. Falcons twenty to five, Panthers seventeen, Matt Ryan seventeen points, Gurley ten, Brian Hill eight, Julio freaking Jones twenty, Calvin Ridley seven, and Hayden Hurst ten. Uh, Ridley did get hurt. That's kind of the big news coming out of this game. Uh, not real. I haven't heard anything else besides his ankle injury. Have either I, one of you heard anything specific no, they said on it? That the x-ray came back negative, but negative. He's going for an MRI. So maybe good news. It looked like a lot of people were saying it looked like he got a Liz Frank injury. Oof. I would say the x-ray coming back negative seems to be more positive than that. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine they'd be able to spot that pretty easily. That's more of an ish- injury to the bone, isn't it? On the, the bottom yeah. part of your foot. So, yeah. Uh, Gurley did get banged up a little bit in this one as well. They were kind of pulling him in and out, still scores and has a, a decent day for you there again at 10 points. But Brian Hill was getting a lot of work last night. Do you guys think that's more due to Ridley getting hurt and they can't just funnel everything to Julio Jones, the Gurley injury, Carolina just being bad against the run? What, what are your guys' thoughts on Brian Hill? Yeah, well, Carolina is bad against the run, uh, which is kind of why yesterday I thought it would be good news for Todd Gurley. He wasn't incredibly effective with his carries outside of when he was in the red zone, powering his way toward the end zone. He wasn't that great. Brian Hill looked a little bit better. We've seen this a couple of times where they've put Hill in. Gurley's still the number one running back. And since he's seeming a, uh, a lock lately for getting touchdowns, I think they said last night, he's up to six rushing touchdowns now for the season. Um, he's still probably a little bit of a better play, but it was interesting to see how effective Brian Hill looked against the same defense. Yeah, it was interesting to see they took Gurley out for some really long stretches, and 
you know, they can say they're not managing his touches all they want, but if you're watching the games and you're looking at it, they're they're definitely managing how many times Gurley runs the ball. I don't know the benefit of it. I mean, you're they're what two and six now. So yeah. what do they have to lose? Do they really think Gurley? Uh, would how how long a contract did they sign Gurley to? Or is I think Gurley's it was a one year deal. Years? One year. So I, I don't know that uh, Brian Hill is the future, or Ido Smith, or Quadri Allison are the future there. But based on their usage of Gurley and what what their actions tell us about what they think about his knees, uh, he's not the future there either. So. It's. I think you you play him, and you're you're hoping for, you know, a catcher to thirty five, forty yards rushing, and that he gets into the end zone because that's what they're using him for. So it's a he's a ten, twelve point a, a week guy right now, and that's that's it. I think that's his ceiling. Yeah, I mean he's what well, he leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns right now, though. So I guess if you yeah. if for this year, he's probably going to be a high end RB two. He's going to be. I don't think I'm trying to think of what his ADP was because it was not high. There were not a lot of people no. who were high on him. He's definitely outproducing that. I, I mean, obviously, I'm with you. I don't think much after this year you're going to get much out of Gurley. It just it really seems Which like he's kind of falling off the cliff. For dynasty, you probably try to find a contender and flip him because Dennis is oh, right. Yeah. If a two and six team with a guy on a one year contract is managing his touches, that seems like a sort of grim sign. Yeah. Kind of goes back to what we talked about yesterday. If you're, if you're sitting at two and six in your dynasty league, like I am in a couple of mine, now's your time to sell, get as many draft picks in that 2021 class as you can. I think you could get a second for Gurley easily from a contender because that's going to help him possibly push them over the edge. Carolina side, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 12 points, Mike Davis, 8, Curtis Samuel, 21, Robbie Anderson, 9, and DJ Moore, 7. Samuel scored twice, rushing touchdown and a nice uh, kind of, uh, what is that, trick play touchdown as well, a little flea flicker. Flea flicker. Yeah. Uh, left him wide open, so he scores twice. Is is he finally coming on? It was my prediction in the earlier part of the season that Samuel is going to be the second best wide receiver to DJ Moore finally coming true. Do I start Richard Higgins or Nelson Aguilar this week? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm leaning. I'm Higgins. I'm leaning Higgins. Uh, gosh, I wonder if I even ranked Aguilar. I, I did. Think I did. I'm going with Aguilar. They're going against the Browns. Yeah, but I don't think either one of those. Have you seen? It's supposed to be like 40 mile per hour wins. I don't think this is going to be a high passing game. I really don't. I think it's going to yeah. be Jacobs Hunt all day long. I just saw that earlier today. It. There's a chance of rain and high winds. I'm not expecting either team to throw a lot. Yeah, I got Higgins uh, ranked about 15 spots ahead of Aguilar. I I don't I know Aguilar has looked surprisingly good this year, but I, I guess yeah. I'm still not a believer. Well, so here's what worries me about Aguilar, uh, Levi, is that there's talks that Brian Edwards may be back this week. And I don't know if that really affects Aguilar too much, but I do think they'll get him on the field, which could in the end mean – less targets for Aguilar. Uh, the rumors are, Ray, that DJ Moore uh, did something with Joe Brady's wife. I don't, it's not uh, confirmed or unconfirmed. I don't know what he did to him outside of that, though. But now we... No, the truth Rodney is... Anderson, man. Some That's of us started ranking DJ Moore above above everybody else again. And so yeah. he had to remind us that that's not a good idea. Yeah. The problem is Joe Brady couldn't get DJ Moore on any of his fantasy teams. So he got Robbie <laughs> Anderson. He said, screw this. 
Is it time to hop off the Robbie Anderson train? I started him over Curtis. Nah, no. I mean, he got the most targets. He, he, yeah. Like even when they put PJ Walker in, he was going to Anderson. That deep touchdown attempt in the end zone was to Anderson. He seems to still be getting the focus. He doesn't always pull them all in. I know you. you I hate I. I feel like this may be a little bit rude when I say this, but promise I'm not trying to be an asshole when I say this. You can't use revisionist history last night for the Curtis Samuel Robbie Anderson. Starting Robbie Anderson was the right play. We even I I jokingly talked about starting Curtis Samuel yesterday just because I thought he was going to be good, and then he went off. I did not expect that to happen. I really didn't. Nobody in their right mind was starting Curtis Samuel over Robbie Anderson unless you were someone who had a ton of buys and a ton of injuries this week. So it was the right call to start Robbie Anderson. He's still the one, like Matt mentioned, he's getting all the targets. It was just one of those games where it was Samuel that went off instead of Anderson. Well, I know Jen Piacenti from Fantasy Alarm on Sirius XM yesterday was talking about uh, Curtis Samuel, and she slotted oh, yeah. him into her the captain spot. Uh, last well, night, uh, made I, I circled back with her. I, I circled back with her to see if she actually did it, and she was like, "You betcha." Well, good for her. Yeah, I mean, in my home dynasty league, someone started Curtis Samuel in their flex spot, and I was just like, "Wow, that was a that was a bold call." You got some balls on you because I wouldn't start in Curtis Samuel whatsoever, and I love the kid. So, would you recommend yeah, why starting? Why would you start him in a flex spot on a Thursday? You put it if you're going to start yeah. him, you need to stick him in that wide receiver. Yeah, spot. Wide receiver, yeah. I, for uh, the question, I would no. play P Ryan over both of those receivers. Really? Okay. Over Higgins yeah. and Aguilar. After I was talking to P Ryan all Monday, Tuesday, and you were so like, oh, Frank, I don't know. Frank Gore hurt his hand, has been out of practice. Oh, see, I did not know that. Days. They're playing the Chiefs, who we saw what happened when team, when Denver ran against them last week. I still kind if of you're feel talking like the about put up 35 if, points in the first quarter. So, And the Jets are still going to hand the ball off because they don't know what they're No, that's doing. true. Adam Gase is an idiot. They he could be 42 to nothing. Crowder's like, not right. practicing. Rashad Perriman's out with a concussion. Yeah. It's not like they have a wealth of wide receivers. And have you seen Sam Darnold? If you had the well, option got, of – you know, Mims is back, and Mims looked good last week. So, yeah, could be a Jeff, Jeff Smith, uh, who's that, Lawrence Cager, Denzel Mims kind of week. It'd be close for me between – I would not start Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray was like a one-week play last week because of the best – the matchup they had. I, I, I would If I had to choose between those two, I'd still go P. Ryan over Murray. Man, it's just tough for me to say P. Ryan over Higgins. I really think he's going to have a huge role this week. He He got the start. I think people are going to focus it. The Raiders are going to focus in on Landry because he's the he's the next guy up kind of thing. I think that's going to leave Higgins open some. But if you do start Lawrence Cager, please take a picture of it and send it to us. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, all right. So let's get back into the the Panthers here. Samuel, is he coming on? Is this you know we've seen the last two weeks before this we saw it was DJ Moore. Now it's Curtis Samuel. Are you buying into either one of those? Or are you still sticking? Um, golly, his name just jumped out of my head. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. And DJ Moore is the top guys. I think it's Robbie and DJ the top guys still. Um, I think Curtis. I, I think what the, what we're seeing is they're definitely in a position now they're scoring points and it's, it's good for fantasy Brady's Brady's whole philosophy of uh, you, you know, offensive production is starting to show. I, I mean, they slotted Mike Davis into the Christian McCaffrey role and didn't miss a beat. And, you know, aside from them not using their tight ends, womp womp, 
Uh, I, I think that their three top three receivers are, you, you know, two top two top twenties, and, and a, I'd say Samuel is consistently probably a top thirty six now. You know, uh, you make that joke about not using the tight ends, but for a while there, it seemed like Ian Thomas was going to outscore TJ, which much to the consternation of Twitter. The other thing I, was, I would uh, say is uh, Samuel has scored two of his as rushing touchdowns. It feels yeah. like he has his doing well has corresponded more to uh, Mike Davis coming back to earth a little bit. You know, do they do those kind of trick end around run if they still have if McCaffrey's there? Um, you know, essentially Curtis Samuel has scored on two end arounds and a flea flicker, so it's not. Yeah. Well, that's good, and while it was nice to see him getting involved, it's not exactly like, hey, you know, they pounded him with 10 targets two weeks in a row, and he's making the most of it. It's kind of been these these big or specialized plays. I don't know if you can count on that week to week. Yeah, and I mean, that's exactly what we talked about yesterday, right, was that we saw him when Mike Davis started to falter, Curtis Samuel was getting that work in the backfield. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure – um, that you can trust it moving forward, but it, it, it's nice to see it out there. You know, I, I, I talked about in the preseason, I was really big on Curtis Samuel. I thought having a guy like Joe Brady here with Carolina could help kind of unlock the potential that he has. And we're getting to see it a little bit. I would still not sit. Oh, wide receivers. I'd not see the wide receiver part. Oh yeah. I kind of think I would. The only not one Cooper. I really trust playing is Zeke. Yeah, I mean, he did have that one nice connection with Cooper. Cooper will be the one. And the Eagles, see, the one thing that worries me, the Eagles have one good defensive player outside of their front line, and it's Darius Slay. And I wonder if Slay lines up against Cooper. Then, uh, I bet he takes Lamb. You think so? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to it. If you're still watching in a minute, Levi, we will get to the Dallas game and we kind of give you an idea of where our rankings are there. Um, so, yeah, all in all, Great game for the Falcons. They get to go to two and six. They finally hold on to a lead. Get a lot of questions today. Should I look at trading Mike Davis now or no? Now, as soon yeah, as you can. Now. I have, with the way that Davis has kind of fallen off the past couple of weeks, I do not see any shot he splits the backfield when CMC when CMC comes. Yeah, and I don't think they want to do a backfield split, but you know, it's been three weeks in a row now where Mike Davis has kind of. He's been fine, but not exactly incredible. I would say that, you know, especially since they're starting to use some of their wide receivers and stuff uh, for rushing plays around the goal line, um, that, you know, you may have even missed your window on getting max value for Mike Davis. Because uh, I, I tried to flip him three weeks ago to the CMC owner who had no running backs, and it was a tough sell. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be getting much for Mike Davis now. We're at the end of that run. He'll be moving. He's moved into the role now, probably starting next week as the most important handcuff in the league. But as far as standalone value, when CMC comes back, I think that's gone away. All right, so the previews. Let's go two and four Patriots against the five and two Bills for New England. We've got Cam Newton coming in at 21, James White at RB32, and Damian Harris at RB33. No Edelman, probably no Harry, who is still in the concussion protocol. You playing anybody on the Patriots? Do they even stand a chance to beat the Buffalo Bills? You know, I think you're playing Cam in Superflex. You're 
you know, they don't have anybody to throw the ball to. So this is a, you know, 10, 12 rush game. I think you hope they, they get lucky with their defense and put that offense in a short field or two, and maybe Cam can get you a rushing touchdown. Uh, but yeah, that, that offense is, uh, you know, turning into a group of desperation plays. Yeah, I kind of agree. When Whenever Belichick's your coach, you have a chance. Um, Cam seems pretty fired up uh, after last week, put a lot of pressure on himself. I'm wondering if their offense will look a lot similar to week one, where we're just going to have to go to like ground and pound and our best running back is our quarterback. Yeah, I, I am with you, Cam. I just realized that. That makes it a little bit better because that's your body right there, and that's my body right there. It's kind of weird. Me huh. out there for a minute. Anyways, now you can be the host of the show, Matt. I'll just sit here and relax like I do on that Debbie show. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. It's Newton. Uh, don't trust White. I mean, as much as I'd love to trust Harris since I traded away my fucking future for him, I don't look like that's going to work out for me. So it's just Cam for me. Uh, Buffalo side here. Allen coming in at QB7. Zach Moss at RB29. Singletary RB31. Diggs at wide receiver 11. And Cole Beasley at wide receiver 29. We have seen not just the Bills offense, but Josh Allen struggle here a bit of late, going up against what's usually a tough New England defense. Are you, do you guys think that they can turn it around this week? Hope so. I, I think that McDermott has shown himself to be a, a pretty good coach and resilient coach, and and I think he'll put the team in a position to do well. John Brown, I think I saw, is healthy. I don't yes. think he's going to miss the game. No. Um, you know, Gabriel Davis, in when John Brown is out, has stepped up and played really well. So they have four quality w- wide receivers now, um, and. Tyler Croft filling in for Dawson Knox. Well, they're not getting a ton of production out of the tight end from an NFL standpoint. They're kind of converting those short first downs when they need them. Uh, Cole Beasley uh, is playing lights out this year. He's, he may, if, if they gave a, a, uh, an award for the best slot receiver uh, this, this year, it might be Cole Beasley. You know, he's dropping some of them 10 catch hundred yard games, uh, with seeming yeah. regularity. So he's looked really I, good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, their, their running game seems a little, is pretty inconsistent. And then Allen, much like Cam Newton is, is taking the goal line carries. So I, I if I can avoid starting Moss or Singletary, I, I, I think I do. Um, but I'm comfortable with, with Beasley, with, with uh, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. I think the word you're looking for to describe their running game is non-existent, not uh, inconsistent, because <laughs> it's been a it's been a brutal a brutal yeah. slog. You know, our friend Ricky was trying to decide whether he wants Singletary or Latavius Murray Murray rest of season, and I was looking at it like probably Latavius Murray because it seems like Moss is a better choice than Singletary, but neither of them would you feel too excited throwing them out there. I they need to get back going a little bit stronger. Uh, even last week in what we thought would be a get-right game against the Jets, uh, you know they threw for quite a few yards, but they couldn't even produce a touchdown. That's yeah. you know if Buffalo really wants to consider themselves a contender, let's set aside the East for a minute. They they could probably middle of the road their way to an East title right now. The Patriots have major problems. We don't know what Miami's going to look like going forward, and the Jets don't exist. 
So it's not worried about the division, but if they want to be a contender, they didn't look good against the Titans or the Chiefs, the two kind of really bigger teams that they've played. And they didn't even look that good last week against the Jets. They got to get back to that formula they had the first four weeks. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. And and I hope that they do, obviously. As someone who really likes Josh Allen, you know, Diggs uh, has seemed to struggle a little bit as well. The only one that seems to be consistent is Cole Beasley, like Dennis was just talking about. He's the savior of my Scott Fishbowl teams, and, and well, he, I'm still losing on those right now, too. But he's, That was what Bob Lung told us in the – That is true. And that's exactly, that, that's exactly why I drafted him. I think I got him in like the 15th or 16th round of the Scott Fishbowl, and he's he's been an instant starter every single week. In fact, I'm probably starting him in my main dynasty league this week because Hopkins out. It's between him. Uh, I can't remember who else. Him. Guyton and somebody else. There was someone else who has much better value than Guyton. Now it's like, you know what? Yeah. Just go with Cole Beasley. It's a safe 10 points every single week. So he, he's been awesome. Uh, our Thrive Fantasy prop for this game, 302.5 total yards, I'm guessing, pass and rush yards for Josh Allen. As much as I hate to say this, I am going under. I don't think, I don't think this is going to be a get-right game for the Bills. I think this is going to be another tough game. Yeah, it's a. I, I think Belichick puts that defense in position to to play really tough, and um, you know, Allen may get a touchdown or two on the ground, but I don't think he's going to get a ton of yards. And well, actually, is Gilmore Gilmore is going to be out, isn't he? He's Gilmore DNP again today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that changes. You know, that may change things up a little bit. There's rumors um, he's being held out to be traded, which was yeah, I saw that. Right. So a so, lot of people think he's coming you know, to Cleveland. If Gilmore is out, if Gilmore's out, I think I might definitely hit the over on this. Um, I, I think that could definitely improve the passing numbers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say over. Yeah, with it being pass and rush combined, I'm gonna take the over. All right, and then who are we picking to win this game? I am taking the Bills, even though I do think it's going to be close. I'm taking the Bills. I, I'm taking New England. All right. Dennis sticking with his, his call Cam on Cam Newton England. truther. Cam Newton <laughs> truther. Yeah. All right, next up, Titans 5-1 against the 1-5 Bengals. Uh, we've got Tannehill coming in at QB8. Derrick Henry coming in at running one, back. 1-5 one and 1 Bengals. one Five oh, I'm sorry. One, one five and nine. Don't one deprive them of their tie. I apologize. Derrick Henry coming in at RB two. AJ Brown coming in at wide receiver four, and John U. Smith coming in at tight end four. This could be a very high scoring game with as bad as both defenses have looked at time. Do we think Davis or Humphreys gets any play here? Davis, you know he he looked good finally coming back. Seems to be help, healthy. Um, you know, there's definitely a history of consistency issues with Davis, but I think Cincinnati's defense is so bad. They don't get any pressure on the quarterback. So Tannehill is going to have plenty of time back there and we'll be able to, to pick them apart. So I, I, I like Davis as, as a flex play. Um, I, I think Davis will outscore Humphreys, uh, but I, I wouldn't hesitate. I guess if it's a deeper flex, say three flexes, Humphreys is definitely in play. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Davis have some some decent games. They seem to be going to him a little bit last week. I think I would prefer him over Humphreys, and I think 
he could be a decent flex play this week because you know they're going to have to put up points. AJ Brown missed practice again uh, Thursday, gives me a little bit of a pause. I think they're probably just precautionary. Um, yeah, but That's what it looked like. We, yeah. So I, you know, I think Davis has has a shot. Johnny Smith's still kind of working himself back into full health, and we have uh, Brown still kind of dealing with stuff. So Davis coming back off the COVID list looked really good last week. I think they he's actually looked surprisingly good this year. I believe he's in a contract year, so maybe yep. that's uh, been a little bit of motivation for him. Uh, that'd be a big no for me. I'm going to go ahead and ride the AJ Brown and uh, John Smith train also because I think Derrick Henry is going to run wild all over the Cincinnati Bengals defense. So I'm not sure how much passing is going to get done as for the running back question here by Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. I will not say your last name because I'm horrible at pronouncing last names and I don't want to offend you. So for Matt here, Deandre Swift or Darrell Henderson is your RB two full point PPR. I am going Swift. I have Swift higher. Uh, Dennis, Matt, what about you? Yeah, well, I would I'm, do Swift over Henderson. The name is fucking Daly. Well, there, there's no know. string of consonants. Okay, so here's the thing. There, there's here's no the thing. C-K-Z-Y. You said Daly. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Matt Daly. That's because I'm bad at pronouncing names. That's why I don't do it. Hey, pronouncing is not what he's doing. Vowel. Exactly. It's long, in the intro. The first vowel is long. Daly. Pronouncing if it was is not L-L, what I do. Then it would be a short day. Jesus I'm having Christ, uh, I high school. I'm, I'm having I'm, high school English flashbacks yeah. right now. <laughs> it's, it's horrible not, at it's everything. Not guttural, you know what I'm good at? It, I'm good at transitioning to topics. Zacharias. I can't read. I can't write. I can't do math. I'm horrible at everything but transitioning to topics. So it's, Dennis, it's good that in this, uh, in this new reality, you got to be your primary teacher for your children. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't. That's why I'm glad my son is virtual learning right now, right next to me, because he would be screwed if I was his teacher. Ingram or Tanyan this week? Uh, I am going Tanyan. Uh, Giants <laughs> have a very tough matchup. I don't think Ingram produces. So. Well, and they might not have an offensive line. They didn't do well yeah. with an offensive line, so I would go Tanyan too. Yeah, Tanyan's the way to go with that. All right. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's right. He changed. If you pronounce it's Tanyan, I forgot about that. I'll I will say it right now that he's it's coming correcting everybody. It's Tanyan, like Funyuns. It's Tanyan, like Funyuns. That's the way he said it. Yeah, I had no idea. He okay, that, that actually people. doesn't make sense based on See, that's why I don't pr- attempt to pronounce names because I usually do it wrong. All right. Anyways, Tennessee. Well, I mean, how I do, you, how do you pronounce the word T-O-N? Ton? No, ton. I'm just kidding. Ton. Yeah. Not. Right. I guess it makes sense. Whatever. Anyways, let's move on. Cincinnati. We've got Burrow coming in at QB 11. Giovanni Bernard at RB 10. Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 10. T Higgins, wide receiver 21 and 8. Jay Green, wide receiver 31. Looks like Mixon is tracking to miss this game as he did not practice again today. Looks like all of us have Bernard very high. I think I had him ranked literally at 10. So looks like you guys were either right there with me or right behind me. What are you guys thoughts on him in this matchup? Uh, he looked good last week. Dennis, you're muted. I think Geo's a plug-in play. Uh, I have him up at eight. I I feel like uh, Joe Joe Burrow is probably going to chuck the ball sixty times, and uh, Geo's likely to get at seven or eight targets along with fifteen carries. So he's going to get the volume. Um, 
who's their backup? You know, I, I, I think we all believe it's Travion Williams, but I, I think that isn't there some vet. It was Samadji Pirine. Yeah, it was that's P. right. Ryan last week. So as, as much as I, I would love to still be on the Pirine train, I am not. Uh, I, unlike some other players, I don't think got a fair shot. I feel like Pirine got a fair shot, and the fact that he's still in the league is quite surprising to me. Um, so uh, no, I think Geo is is good for a, a, a good game here. Yeah, I think Geo will be good too. Um, I had him up fairly high. I think he's a good start. Uh, I think the receivers are too. Tennessee has been a good team and they have a good record, but they haven't exactly had the, um, you know, the greatest defense. They've gotten into a lot of shootouts, even when they played the Jags, it, they allowed 30 points. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this one. Yeah. Uh, I actually think, I mean, Geo, even though he kind of struggled against the Browns defense last week on the ground, they do have a good uh, rush defense. He did get a lot of work in the air in the receiving game, which I don't think Piran's going to get a lot of. So if that happens again in this one, which is, again, where I think you can beat Tennessee, I still think they've got a good front, but that secondary is just bad. I think um, Bernard's going to get enough work. I'd definitely go Boyd Higgins. I'm still not that big on green. and It doesn't seem like anybody is. We've all got him down here at 31. So imagine. Uh, This is their last chance, though, to try. Yeah, pump him up and get him traded on Monday. I still think that's what they're trying to do. Pick one flex, full point PPR, Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson. I am going Justin Jefferson. I think he's got a the better shot for a shootout there against Green Bay. And I think Jair probably locks up with Thielen on that one. Deontay Johnson would be my next one, but Baltimore's defense scares the crap out of me. Yeah, and Baltimore's got Awful lot of uh, good uh, defensive backs there in Baltimore. Um, the only, the I guess the only thing that gives me pause about going Jefferson is that while uh, Alexander's likely to go uh, with Thielen, uh, Thielen has worked him over pretty good historically. Thielen does pretty well against J.R. Alexander. Yeah, I'm still so. going with Justin Jefferson. I mean, I, hey, I want uh, Deontay Johnson. This is this is more of a commentary. Great game. This is more of a commentary about what we talked about that Woods and the Rams appeal for fantasy has diminished this year. Because I would well, think I last have, year. Go ahead. I have Jefferson at nine, Woods at twelve. So. I mean, I Johnson like Woods. Eight, yeah. Eight. It goes so back to I'm like that was just my rank. We're, we're we're pretty. They just don't seem to want to throw the ball all over the place like they have the past couple of years. I think that limits everybody on that that uh, that Rams offense. Unfortunately, uh, who are we picking? I'm taking the Titans. Yeah, I'm Titans for Titans. me as well. All right, on to Raiders and Cleveland. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders come in three and three against the very surprising five and two Cleveland Browns. For the Raiders here, Carr coming in at QB sixteen, Jacobs RB twelve, Aguilar wide receiver thirty six, and Waller tight end three. Not a great matchup here for Jacobs. I what? Do we need to see more out of him? Do you expect to see more out of him? As I mentioned while we were talking at the beginning here with uh, the the start sit question. The rumors have it on. Dennis could probably tell us better because he actually lives there. Uh, But last I saw weather-wise, there's a chance of rain and heavy winds, as in 40 to 50 miles per hour. That is going to inhibit passing games, which means they're going to have to rely on Jacobs. 
You know, the wind is something that definitely is a concern, but there's enough short passing game in the the both the Raiders and the Browns arsenal that it I don't think it's going to necessarily cut down on the number of total attempts. It may cut down on the uh yard uh, a dot depth of target. But both teams have pe- have players that can uh, make things happen with the ball in their hands. So if if Ruggs and and Edwards or Renfro, you know these cats Waller getting the ball, you know on five yard passes instead of fifteen yard passes, uh, Higgins, Hunt, H- Bryant, and Joku, Landry, you know that that short passing game for both teams could really end up being. Uh, a, a big thing. Teller is going to be out again for the Brown. So missing that, uh, the PFF number one ranked guard going into last week is definitely going to be an issue. Yeah. And so there's two things that would be troubling if I thought that Jacobs was going to bounce back really, I guess, three things. One, we've, we haven't seen, you know, even though it seemed like, all the evidence was pointing to him being involved in the passing game. And even though nobody else is really taking a lot of passing game work as a running back, that hasn't been a big part of his game, um, which hurts because most of us play PPR format. The Browns have a pretty decent defense against the run. You know, they've struggled more against the pass than against the run. And the Raiders, Trent Brown, I think, is still out uh, with COVID one more week, and they've had other injuries along that line. That line isn't what it was at times last year, so I don't know that that puts them in the greatest position, elements be damned, to have to rely on a power running game. I, you know, They could try, but I don't know if they can get that done. It would be nice to see Jacobs bounce up a little bit more. He started the season so hot, but now it seems more like that was a product of playing Carolina than it was uh, indicative of maybe where this offense is at in general uh, with the running game. Well, so the Raiders a, are oh, fifth in the NFL in running back target percentage at 26.7%. So then but why isn't somebody Jacob in this backfield? Yeah. It's Richard. somebody in that backfield it's is getting targets. Yeah, it's it's Rashard. Jacobs isn't getting that many, which is probably so I have an interesting little trivia question for you guys here because it's kind of goes to my points here on Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has played 20 games in the NFL so far this uh his past two seasons. How many times has he gone over a hundred rushing yards in those 20 games? Twice. Four times. You guys were a lot closer than other people guessed five. I, I just don't think he's he's a good back. He's not an elite back, and that's kind of always been my my argument against him. I think, and I know Dennis, you were kind of on this with us with me last year. We were not two people who were very high on Jacobs coming out of college. He didn't show it at Alabama, but because he has he's had a couple good games. Everybody wants to put him up in that elite category. He's just not an elite back. There's nothing wrong with saying that he is a good running back. He is a if you want to talk fantasy sense, an RB2 for fantasy. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. He's a really good back. I don't think that he's going to be that good. What, Matt? What do you got? So I'm looking at his stats after Dennis mentioned the targets. It looks like he's getting like three or four targets a game. A game. 
So they, I mean, I know that they've gone to Richard a lot. Whatever that was it against the Saints, yeah. I think the primetime game, I'll, Richard I'll was out there a lot. So Jacobs has gotten 24 targets and Richard has received 13. So why is he not? Alec Ingold, eight. Booker at, oh. at seven. So, but Jacobs has caught 75% of his targets. He's he's caught 18 passes for 122 yards. It just doesn't you know, seem like. It, his well, production wonder, is down. He's averaging 3.4 yards per carry. And that's probably a product. I mean, they have had some significant injuries on the line. Yeah, they yeah. lost incognito for the season. Brown's been, been out. I mean, that was a real strength, I think, for them last year was their line was sometimes the immovable object, and that hasn't really been the case. But yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I do not think that he is going to be that good this week. I just, I, I though, from what I've seen from that Browns rush defense this year, I truly believe they've been able to really shut down everybody. Even for the most part, in that first game against Baltimore, they did a good job of stopping those running backs and Lamar up until the second half when Lamar just dominated them. But they did a good job, and they've done a good job all year. So it's going to come down to the passing game here. I'll be. Interested to see. I think Waller is obviously the clear one on the Raiders' side here to play. He's got the prime matchup there, especially if they try and put Sendejo on him because he couldn't cover me running down the field. On Cleveland's side, Baker coming in at QB12, which I like. Thanks, guys. I need I need him to start putting up some points so I can win that money. Uh, wide out, not Kyler Hunt, Kareem Hunt, RB3. Uh, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver, 18. My God, I can't think. Harrison Bryant, tight end 18. David Njoku, tight end 21. Are we expecting a big day here from Baker with uh, him going up against a bad pass defense? And can Harrison Bryant repeat his performance from last week? I I would probably – I'm not betting on Bryant getting two touchdowns. So I, I feel like – you know, Higgins is going to get some work, but Bryant and Njoku both are going to play a substantial amount, and both of them are playing very, very well right now. So expecting Bryant to score two touchdowns, probably not, but I think it's as likely that each tight end scores a touchdown, um, I think, as anything else. Uh, when they get down lower, uh, closer to the end zone, I, I – I don't know that Jarvis Landry is necessarily a, a red zone threat. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out that with, without Odell here. Uh, I know that, in my opinion, when Landry first came over and they tried to use him on the outside, I don't think he was as successful as uh, he expected he would be. So having uh, – who's the third receiver now? Because Hodge is out. So it's Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones. Jones. So, you know, I'm not expecting, uh, you know, a 10 target game from Peoples Jones either. Uh, you know, all Higgins ever does is produce. For whatever reason, they keep pushing, they keep trying to stick people above him in the on the depth chart. And whenever he gets in, he just makes plays. So I, I would expect that that to continue. I think Baker will have a good game. Uh, you know. I guess we we have him up at twelve as a QB one, so uh, you know let's uh, let's roll it. Where do I? I have him at thirteen in my rankings. So, well, and I think the weather conditions probably dictate. You know, they have an incredible pass catching weapon in Hunt uh, yeah. coming out of the backfield. So, if you're talking about a lot of short passing, maybe even to supplement 
uh, running game and help move the ball. Uh, even more reason why we have him him so high. I think this could be a really good game for him. Um, I like. I think you've had a good point about Bryant. Uh, the both those tight ends will probably be involved. It just seems like he might be the better play of the two. I want to know who was all in on Baker. I have him at 16. I thought I had him higher. I do not have him that high. It must have been think, Matt and Ricky had him high. One of you two had to have him high to jump him up to 12 if Dennis had him at 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Higgins, to, to answer Dennis's question there, it seems like a lot of the reports have come out that just Higgins was never good in practice. And because he was not good in practice, this new coaching staff wasn't sure what to think of him. But he's right. Every time he's on the practice. field, he produces. Well, We're yeah, talking about practice. We are talking about practice. He, I uh, had him at thirteen. Ricky had him at eleven. I think it's um, more more the fact that we had uh, we were probably more split about other people. So that's so the cumulative gotcha. average. So we all have them right around in the range between eleven and thirteen, except for you, which apparently I didn't realize you dropped him all the way to sixteen. I mean, I just I like a lot of quarterbacks this week. I, I like Baker. I hope he puts up top twelve numbers. I need him to finish as a top twelve QB this year to win that money. So, I uh, yeah, I, Higgins he just has that connection with Baker, which is another reason why I was kind of leaning toward him in that Aguilar thing. When he's on the field, he just produces with Baker. Going back to his rookie year last year when he got on the field on the two games Freddie Kitchen started him, and then we even saw it last week with that great catch on the sideline that set up the touchdown or the spike and then touchdown to Donovan Peoples Jones. I like Peoples-Jones. I think he's going into that Z role where where Beckham plays. I don't expect him to be a huge contributor. I think it's going to be Landry, Higgins, and Bryant. And I will go opposite of Dennis and say I think Bryant does get two touchdowns again on Sunday. I think he's going to be the guy. Baker, you go back to the Mark Andrew days in college. He loves to target his tight end with no Odell. They're not forcing the ball to anybody. Bryant runs like a wide receiver out there. If he ends up getting open, Baker's going to hit him, and Bryant, we've seen, can catch the ball. He's very good. I think he gets another two touchdowns this week, and I am going with the Browns. Who are you guys taking? I'm taking the Browns. Browns I'm curious to wonder what your difficult uh, situation here is, Miles, and depending on what you put, it may not pop up on there. If it's fantasy-related, I would love to hear what you've got your situation into, and we will try and help you out. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, he did. Do I start Bernard, Higgins, or Green in the flex? All Bengals players. I am starting Bernard over those three. Higgins would be close for me. Green, don't even think about it. What about you two? Yeah, that's the order I would have them in. I would start Higgins, Bernard, Green. Interesting. So, I mean, just to give you an idea, Miles, in case you weren't here as we did our Bengals preview, we all have Bernard in the top 10 at running back this week. Higgins was 21, I think. So, I, I mean, Higgins does have... The Tennessee defense is worse against the pass than they are the run. So I do expect Bernard to get some work in the passing game. That's why I put him there. But me, Dennis Bernard, Mr. Fox over here is going with Higgins. All right. Next up was, was it Detroit too? I, I actually yeah. closed out of my Detroit, show. Indianapolis. The four and two Colts versus three and three Lions for Indy. We've got Jonathan Taylor coming in at RB7 and Trey Burton coming in at tight end 17. Rivers has had his best passing game in week six. Will he pick it up here again against a poor defense in Detroit? No, I do not believe he gets another 300 <laughs> yard passing day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for me to, it, you know, rivers is one of those guys right now that I'm looking at in dynasty leagues and trying to figure 
all right, in a super flex, if I only have two quarterbacks, do I want to spend see if I can get Rivers for a third to cover my bye weeks? And, and I keep come, I keep ending up at no. Uh, I, I'm like, you know what? I think if I got to if I got to spend a third round pick on Rivers to cover my quarter quarterback by super flex bye week, I think I might just start a wide receiver or running back in the super flex. At least yeah, I feel like there's a better. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trusting Rivers for anything. He has not looked good at all uh, this week. I mean, I, I think mean, he's, he's killed Ty Hilton's value. Yeah. You know, Marcus Johnson and Zach Pascal aren't the answer. It's, yeah, uh, I don't. It's rough. I mean, for me, it's Taylor. Like, I would even hesitate starting Trey Burton. Like, for me, it's Taylor in hopes that he continues to get some passing work. You know, we saw Todd Gurley had a good game against uh, the Colts. Or no, what's the Lions? Lions uh, last week. Yeah, Taylor plays on the Colts. Why would he have a good game against him? Uh, so I, I do think that he could have a good game here against the Lions. He's the only player on the Colts offense I'm starting. I am excited to see if Pittman can get back out there, though. He he was out there practicing. I don't think he plays next this week, probably next week. But I'd be excited to see him get back on the field. He's a rookie we all liked. On uh, Detroit side here, Stafford coming in at QB 13, Swift, RB 15, Adrian Peterson, RB 41, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver 9, and TJ Hawkinson, tight end 6. Based on our rankings, seems like we have Peterson fading out of the offense. Usage-wise, that does not track, though. Is this finally the week where Swift gets more carries or just his production that has us higher than uh, Peterson? I, I think I think it's sort of they're starting to converge. Swift gets another touch or two each week, and and his production is is limited by Matt Patricia's stubbornness. Um, I do think that Peterson Peterson offers you that non-zero floor play. You know, yeah. you're going to probably get five to seven points from Peterson, and if you need to make sure you don't get a zero, then Peterson is kind of your start. Uh, Swift is that guy where. He, you know, there's every all, everything looks like he he should be getting all the touches, and then Matt Patricia goes, "Hey, screw you guys, I'm going home," and, and or, gives gives Swift like two touches. Maybe it's Daryl Bevel. Yeah, it could be, yeah, could be could either be. either way. Oh. Sucks either way. Uh, no, I, I think Was Swift it Bevel is, or Patricia that came out last week and said we, you know, we're, you know, we're going to start using Swift a lot more, and then you know, it was Patricia. So I I think with uh, you know Swift though is he's just starting to produce and it kind of comes down to as long as he doesn't make a mistake and get Stafford killed I I think that they'll they'll get him more more touches that they've got to don't they I mean at, at what yeah, they made they traded for efforts and Griffin under the the guys that we think we're competing and if you think you're competing aren't you going to put your fucking playmakers out there with the ball in their hands hopefully uh i mean it also helps adrian peterson's mispractice uh, or been limited in practice with an abdominal injury uh which also could line us up for a 30 carry carry on johnson game uh knowing this right. team but I, i'm certainly hopeful it I think part of my optimism is that Swift has looked better with the touches he's getting yeah. than Adrian Peterson. 
Adrian Peterson, you know, if he gets you a touchdown, then he's probably in running back two range. If he doesn't, the yardage that he's getting based on the carries and being in the split is right there in that running back four where we have him ranked. So I think that's Swift's at least getting all the passing work, um, you know, and hopefully they'll have another good showing here against the Colts, get another win and start start that train moving. Yeah, and, yeah, and kind of and what you just – Showing, they they are ahead, showing uh, a move move away from carry on Johnson. They're yeah. they're narrowing the split more, um, which like Matt says means that we're going to get a thirty carry game from carry on this week. But yeah. yeah, to to kind of agree with what Fox was saying there on Peterson, that's the reason I'm down on him is because he needs that touchdown. The past couple of weeks we've seen Swift is getting more work in the red zone, which I think kind of negates that upside you have with Peterson. So I do think that they're going to continue to get him more work. And even if they keep him in, you know, just like we talked about with Gurley, if he's getting you those touchdowns with as bad as, as every position has kind of looked this year with buys, injuries, and COVID, getting you a couple touchdowns and 10 points is a great floor for an RB2. And most people are not playing Swift as their RB1. So I think for me, that's kind of where Swift's upside, upside comes in for me. I'm with you, Dennis. Me and Matt talked about it yesterday. You trade for Everson Griffin. Clearly, maybe that's what the people were disagreeing with me on. We were saying that they think that they're going to be contenders. Is that uh, we had a, we had like people jumping in the chat t- telling me yeah. and Matt that they kind of – I picked Matt Patricia as coach of the air and the Lions to win the North. I need them to be frigging contenders, yeah. okay? Uh, but they they, cl- they they make that trade because they think that they're going to contend. Like Dennis said, you've got to get your best players on the field. Swift is better than Peterson. End of story. Uh, oh, admin- oh, wait. Oh, yeah. That We're was picking. The end of it. Yes. Uh, I am taking – I don't remember who I picked. Go ahead. Let me look. Lions. I think that's I'm taking Detroit too. as well. I did. I picked Detroit. All right. So we are all on the Lions bandwagon. It's my here. deep and as- abiding love of Dennis. We get to see him. We're all back together for the first time in three weeks. Can't go yep. against the Lions. As long as Taylor does yeah, good, I'm fine with the Lions winning. Wait till we get to that Denver game. You're going to be all mad about me. No, because I already told you that I now think they're going to lose 45 to three. They have no, they will save it for sadness for later. Yeah. Fournette or Bell, Flex PPR. Bell. Revenge game against I, the Jets. I hate the revenge game narrative, but I really feel like Andy Reid is going to let Le'Veon Bell just eat against the Jets this week. So I'm going to go Bell too. Who's Tampa play? Uh, the Giants on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, while there's no revenge narrative there, there, you know how how much work is is Arians going to give his his nickel running back. Yeah. You know, the, he's basically said Ronald Jones can't block for shit and I'm not putting him in there with Brady if we're passing. Yeah. So uh, I probably lean bell, but it's close. Uh, I wonder what I ranked him. While Dennis is looking at his ranks here, one and five Vikings versus the five and one Packers for Minnesota cook coming in RB four, Thielen wide receiver, six Jefferson wide receiver, 14. Last time these two met, it was a high scoring game. However, news came out as we were recording. Cook has now been moved to question. Was it questionable to doubtful? So now all of a sudden Cook is not looking like he's expected to play like they pronounced earlier in the week. Does that scare you guys uh, at all? At 1.48 p.m., the Minnesota Vikings on Twitter reported Dalvin Cook has no injury designation for week eight. 
Okay. Well, that's just what, what Super just the popped hell? up. So let me see so what they from said. Questionable yeah. to doubtful to 12, to 12 minutes ago, he's been added to their injury report. And it's now listed as questionable. That was 12 minutes ago per sleeper. Again, oh, I, yep. I don't wait. Added okay. as questionable. Though. Added as questionable. Well, he was, so they just, they had Vikings had him with no des- designation. Then they just added him back on as questionable. 30 minutes, minutes later, they put him back on as questionable. What the hell? Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good thing. For me, I, I was going to approach this the same way. So I'll put this. I don't know if you guys know who this is, Dr. Mark Addicts. I think Dennis listens to this show in the morning sometimes too. He came on and said with the injury that Cook had, he would not trust him to get the full workload. He still thinks that Alexander Madison is going to get some work this week. The Packers obviously have an okay defense. There's nothing you know to write home about. What are your guys' thoughts on Cook coming back this week? I think if you've got him and you don't have Madison, he's got to go in your lineup. But if you have both of them, what are you doing here? So here's what the report says from 20 minutes ago. It says Cook is questionable for week eight against the Packers. Cook will suit up Sunday against Green Bay. Zimmer said Cook will not have restrictions on playing time after he missed the the week six game against Atlanta. Cook getting the Vikings bye week to recover from the groin injury he suffered in week five should be locked into fantasy lineups this week. So So, uh, it's clear as mud. Some of those, yeah, some of those words aren't matching. I'm, I would still Aaron Jones, even if I had both of them. Oh. Pour one out for all of our fantasy seasons at this point in time. Yeah. Now, I, I think I think Cook is going to play. I, I expect he'll, he'll perform. Um, he's clearly better than Alexander Madison and Mike Boone. Um, you know, the challenge for me is Thielen, who has done well against Jair Alexander um, in the past. Uh, you know, maybe they maybe they decide to put Alexander on the rookie and, and double cover uh, Thielen. Maybe that's the approach the Packers take. The the thing that worries me, it, it I'm not worried. I'll be honest. I'm not worried about Cook. I'm not worried about Thielen. I'm not worried about Jefferson. I am worried about Kirk Cousins. And if Cousins goes to hell, it screws everybody else. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought I this. I, I thought this was a better. Uh, this would be probably a a passing game back and forth because Minnesota's defense has not looked yeah. incredibly impressive. I think uh, week one when they played him uh, was Adams still his best game of the year, even after he went ham last week. So uh, they're, they're lining up to, uh, to do that. And then now both teams, you know, maybe cook plays cook had a good game uh, when they played week one, I believe he scored two touchdowns. So he had over you would hope, that as well. yeah, you yeah. would hope he can kind of get going, but that was a little bit before Jefferson started to come on. So, you, you know, I still would wonder if, you know, Je- I think Jefferson's still probably a, a really good play here because that week one of the season was before he kind of started to explode around three or four and he steadily continued to go up. But yeah, I mean, and the one thing I'll say on Cousins is even in that one game where he sucked really bad, he ended up turning around in the second half and having a good game. So if he implodes early, he might still get at least his weapons some some points. But yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be high scoring. 
Cook, I think you have to play him. He's just one of those guys where you drafted him so early, you can't. If you have Alexander Madison, maybe. But even then, I think you're playing Cook and hope that he stays healthy for the entire game. On a Green Bay side here, so Aaron Rodgers, QB1. We have Adams at wide receiver one. I ranked Jamal Williams. I think I had him at actually pretty high as well. I have Jamal Williams in at 12 because I did not expect Jones to play. I believe he has now been ruled out. So with him being ruled out, how does he move up in the rankings for you two? I know you guys weren't sure about it. So where do you guys have him ranked now knowing he is out for good this weekend? I'll probably have him top 15. Dennis, You're muted, muted, Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have him at 19 and I'm not inclined to move him up. Okay. Um, I feel like that's, I probably had him ranked uh, higher than he should have been, but he did look pretty good last week. Uh, But I don't know that I expect a top 12 performance out of him. Um, I I just don't think that he's necessarily that consistent. I think it's, it'll be more of a game where uh, Rodgers throws the ball uh, a decent amount to, uh, I don't know if they put Dylan in there. I, I know he hasn't looked great when he's gotten in. And uh, Lord knows if, if Dylan blows a block and Rodgers gets hit, we may not see him again in, until January. Well, uh, go ahead, Matt. No, I, I agree with that. This was the, you know, week one, wasn't this the big MVS game? Uh, yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. So. I was about to ask, because I agree with Dennis. I do think it ends up being a high passing game. We know Adams will get his, but who else do you think steps up? You know, is it going to be MVS? Is it going to be Richard Rogers, who we were talking about uh, earlier this week? And no, no. Being a, not Robert, who is it? Robert Tunyon, because Robert Tunyon, Richard my goodness, Robert I, keep, I messed that up Tuesday too. The Eagles. That's right, he does play for the Eagles. I messed that up on Tuesday too. Or Jay Sternberger, because we did see him. Didn't he catch a touchdown last week? He did, but I think that was his only catch on one year. That's all right. That's all that matters. If you're starting him, he gets you that touchdown. He's on the head. Mike Evans. He's on the Mike exactly. Evans. Exactly. Uh, you know, because the, uh, obviously the other good news for the Packers here as well is that Alan Lazard was designated to return from IR, so it doesn't look like that's going to be a season a long injury like we thought they've got 21 days to bring him back so he might make his appearance here soon but if you had to bet in robert tunyon or mvs this week to be good as well with adams who you guys taking? i think adams is going to get 19 targets um i hope and so. tunyon and mvs tunyon and mvs will each get four to five tunyon will go we'll say three for 60 and mvs We'll go one for 60. I, I'm betting on MVS because I think he wants to show they don't need to trade for Will Fuller. All right. Uh, anybody picking the Vikings to win this one? Their mothers. Okay. I figured. Uh, yeah, I'm out on them as well. I'm taking Green Bay. Next up, the probably most lopsided game of the weekend here. The oh, Which means the Jets are going to win it. I, just, I have that feeling. The Jets are going to find a way to win this game. Adam Gase is going to save his job. You know it's coming. The 0 7 Jets Wait, versus. Why would you teams. fire Adam Gates when it seems like your chief goal is to get the number one draft pick? Uh, I don't know. But that's why they fire him if he wins this game. Because then, no, no, we're winning games. Get him out of here. All right. Uh, P. Ryan is really the only player we have ranked. Coming in at RB22, it looks like Crowder is not going to play. Do you guys pair him in out as well? Uh, you trusting anybody on this team outside of P. Ryan? 
I think there's a strong case for men. He came on four targets, four catches, 42 yards last week. Um, I feel like he has the skill and ability. Uh, it'll come you – know, part of the issue is going to be, I think, Becton is out again this week. And with Becton out, that really hampers that offensive line. Uh, if Darnold yeah. can stay upright and P. Ryan uh, keeps the uh, the defense at least a little bit honest, I feel like there's a little chance that either Mims or Braxton Berrios or the ghost of Chris Herndon produce something fantasy worthy this week and from a desperation play standpoint. Yeah, I mean, Mims probably is the most appealing to me, but, you know, that really depends on where you're at. You know, if your team was comprised of mostly Cardinals and Texans, you're probably in that moment of desperation right now where you're rolling it out there. But, I, you know, what also holds the Jets' offense back is their play calling, their coaching, uh, the fact that they're playing a front that has Chris Jones, among others. I mean, they could easily cave in. It doesn't matter if you call 25 play, you know, passing plays, if he can only get the ball off 10 times before he gets driven into the ground. It just, they're, they're an unappealing team uh, for a lot of reasons. Even Denver last week, which had a healthier line and maybe some more appealing passing targets, had trouble throwing the ball at times against Kansas City and had a lot of trouble keeping people out uh, on the pass rush. Um, they did better running the ball. That's kind of why I thought P. Ryan was the best play. On Kansas City side here, we've got Mahomes coming in at QB2, CEH RB9, Bell RB26, Tyree Kill wide receiver 7, and Travis Kelsey tight end 2. As Matt mentioned earlier on the start sick question, revenge game for Le'Veon Bell, do you say yes or no? Um, I think from a per-touch production standpoint, maybe. Uh but Andy Reid certainly isn't going to say, hey, CEH, take this game off because we want to let Le'Veon Bell get revenge against his former teammate, teammates or former team head coach. So I still expect I, – I wouldn't expect Bell to garner more than 35% of the touches anyways. Um, they may do a – you know, maybe they bring him in in short yardage if they're at the goal line – because CEH has shown himself to be ineffective. So Bell ends up with a couple short rushing touchdowns. Um, so from I guess from that perspective, but the the revenge narrative, I don't know. That's uh, I don't want to say it's not real, but I, I certainly uh, it's over don't use it necessarily yeah. as a, a, a data point to determine whether or not I'm going to start somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think there's also a, a possibility that they that the Jets uh, allow them to get up, and then you, you know, last week Bell had 39 yards rushing on just six carries. So if he got 10 to 15 plays, it's not out of the realm of possibility he gets 100 yards. They're not very good, uh, yeah. and he's probably going to be motivated. I mean, his first carry against what I think is a better defensive front in Denver went for 19 yards. 
uh, last week for Kansas City. So, you know, I think he's going to be motivated. I don't think he needs 30 touches to be able to have uh, a good day. I think they will probably will make an effort when they're in the red zone to let him try to get a touchdown. Um, so to me, that makes him a more appealing start, you know, especially deep flex or running yeah. back to territory. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, um, I'm kind of with Dennis. I don't necessarily believe in the re- revenge game narrative, but I do think them bringing him over here and everything the jets kind of put him through. I would not be surprised a coach like Andy Reed, who, who is definitely considered a player's coach doesn't get him out there in some situations to try and get him some touchdowns and, and just kind of rub it in the jets face. I, I, I would love to see it happen as well. And I could see it happening. Uh, anybody picking the Jets to win this game? I feel like I need to separate myself somehow to get back past Rob and pick them, but I don't. I just can't do it. I'm going this is you don't you don't back the Jets to get yourself yeah. back and pick them. <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs. I assume Dennis is as well. He's you got yourself muted, so. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. recording our picks. Yeah, oh, I'm taking. Gotcha. Uh, I'm taking. The- uh, Rams Dolphins, the five and two Rams versus three and three Dolphins. Here we've got Goff coming in at QB seventeen, Darrell Henderson RB twenty, Robert Woods wide receiver twenty, Cooper Cup wide receiver twenty three. What are we expecting from the Rams against Miami? You know, Miami's playing well, hard, but they still have some talent deficiencies to overcome, and uh, it's it's a situation where. Well, I expect it to be a competitive game. It's Tua's first game, and I, I think it'll be more from the Dolphins' perspective, a, a plan to let's just execute what our plan is, and and they'll play it a little bit safe. So that's going to put the Rams, you know, Henderson in a position to get some carries uh, because I feel like the Rams are going to be up. Uh, Woods and Cup are – uh, you know, we have them both inside the top 24. They've been they're they've been typically consistent over the course of their career, and I would expect it to continue. So it, it'll be uh, the, the only monkey wrench I see is if uh, McVay decides to suddenly redistribute the the running back touches. Uh, in a new fashion, all of a sudden he decides, "Hey, we're going to make this a camp. We're going to let Cam Akers get 15 carries this game instead of Daryl Henderson." So that that's really the only challenge I see there. Oh, is yeah. That my turn? I mean, oh. sorry, I, I didn't I, want to share those waiting on me. Go ahead, Matt. I mean, we Matt and I've talked about a little bit. The Rams are a good NFL team, uh, and they're using all their weapons, kind of spreading the ball around, which has been good for them. For fantasy, that, to me, makes all their pieces kind of middle of the pack, which is probably reflective of where we have them. They have a couple of good receivers who are probably in the wide receiver two range. They have a couple running backs they're going to use who are in the running back two to three range. I think they'll they'll come out and have a, have a good game. Miami's defense – isn't terrible, but hasn't been exceptional either. And I doubt the bye week fixed all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it as Matt mentioned, I'm, I'm big on Darrell Henderson kind of being the guy the rest of this year. So I'm not, um, you know, if you didn't listen to us the other day and talk about it, I'm still a little bit worried about this Rams offense. It seems like they're not necessarily making golf into a game manager, but they're limiting a little bit of what the offense does. They're not quite that throw it, 
50 times a game like they were a couple years ago. They're more of let their defense, which is actually playing good play defense, run the ball a little bit, play action pass, have Jared Goff roll out, which is also limiting the upside of their wide receivers. So all in all, I like the offense, but I'm not expecting any of them to be huge for you every single week. There's guys you just have to set in and hope that one of those guys goes off. Miami's side is the interesting side here. Tua getting his first start here in the NFL. I will definitely be tuning into this game as much as possible just because I want to see him play. But not a great defense to be getting your first game against. We have him going up as QB 22 this week. Gaskin, RB 44. I'm 14, my goodness. 14. I was going to say, I don't think we ranked him quite that well. (laughs) Devontae Parker, wide receiver 25, and Mike Gesicki, tight end 19. What are you guys expecting from Tua's day? Well, I I think like I was saying uh, when I first talked about the Rams, that the the Dolphins are going to put in a game plan, and I expect it to be relatively conservative. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald is going to be uh, applying the force up the middle, and the the Rams have a pretty good defense. So it's it'll come down to uh, when Tua gets the ball in somebody's hands, uh, will they be able to make a play? I think they're going to want to see him make good decisions, make quick decisions. But I don't think the Dolphins are overly concerned with. Uh, whether or not they come out with a victory. I think if they get close, I mean, obviously they want to win. And if the game is close, they're going to try to win. But they're not going to pull out all the stops and suddenly go five wide and start chucking it down the field uh, in an all-out effort to just put up as many points as they can. They're going to try to do the things that they believe Tua does well. Some timing stuff, uh, maybe get him on the rollout a little bit. Uh, and continue to run Miles Gaskin, who has been an effective running back this year. Yeah, I'm a little bit with you, Matt, that I'm just kind of excited to see it. We haven't seen enough uh, from Tua in the NFL to have any real sense of what it's going to be like. But, you know, he's coming off a bye, so they had plenty of time to work on installing and getting things ready uh, that he would feel comfortable with, uh, but that they script a lot of plays to start to try to, to go out there and know what they're they're going to do. And it's not the easiest defense to start out against, but they are at home. Uh, and I'm just kind of excited to fire him up and see what he looks like. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, what's going on, Iso? Glad you could jump in today. Um, I'm kind of – this. I'll tell you right now, this is going to happen because – Mike Kosicki talked about this on Wednesday, that him and Tua have had a great connection. He's done a lot of practicing on that second team with Tua. They have a great connection. I knew I should have started him in my tight end over Hayden Hurst this week. I decided not to. Hayden Hurst sucked. Mike Kosicki is going to be awesome. Mike Kosicki is going to score two touchdowns this weekend. I'm just letting you know right now. But yeah, Where'd you I, have I mean, Kosicki rank? Um, I don't know. I'll look. I, I know he's coming in at tight end 19. I think I had him. I know I had him higher than that. There we go. My roads are frozen here on wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have Gusecki at, at tight end nine. Believing okay. in I have him at 13. So Matt and Ricky must have him way low. Um, I think part of the problem is I forgot to put some of the bye week players back in at tight end. I realized ah, I forgot gotcha. Mark Andrews existed. <laughs> I forgot Mike Gusecki existed. I was like, 
No wonder I was having such a hard time tight ends. I forgot about and, the bye week players. And I so that is exactly why I hate Julio Jones right now because I was going up against him in a couple leagues and he put up the 20 points that I did not need him to do this one week. I was just asking for one week, the week that I played him. 20 points and no touchdown. Hey, you know what? I was praying every time they got into the touchdown, it wasn't going him every time. I was like, nope, nope, that's going to Julio. And they broke it up twice, and I was very happy. Uh, yeah, I really do think Gusecki's going to have a good game here. Um, like I said, I just I just want to see Tua play well. It's not a great defense for him to go up against. I'm with Dennis. I think Gaskin's going to be huge here. He's been awesome so far this season. I think that continues. Uh, as much as I'd love to see Tua get his first win here, I do not see that happening. I am going with the Rams. Yeah, I'm as am I. Probably the game of the weekend, I think, and this hurts my heart saying that. The 6-0 Steelers versus the 5-1 Ravens. We've got Ben coming in at QB 15, James Conner, RB 11, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 19, Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver 28, and Ebron, tight end 16. We've seen in the past couple years Ben has struggled on the road. Can he do enough to keep the Steelers perfect? And why is Chase Claypool not showing very high in our ranks? Well, I I tend to think that Claypool, while he's had a couple splash games, is uh, he's the third wide receiver. I, I do believe he's overtaken James Washington in that outside deep threat, contested catch kind of role. Um, but against this Baltimore defense, there's going to be uh, some challenges. Uh, you know, they've got a good, their defensive backs are really probably the best set of defensive backs in the game. And I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game because both of these defenses are really good. So that means they're going to have to grind some of it out with Connor. Uh, Deontay Johnson is is the guy I think that has – I think Deontay and Juju have Ben's trust as far as catching the ball, but Deontay is the one I think they believe can make the plays – and so uh, it looks to me like, you know, uh, Claypool is the odd man out. He's going to get five, six targets, and he could very easily have one of those boom games like he does. But I feel like the Baltimore defense, uh, their coaching, their scheme uh, will probably not let that happen. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw that a little bit last week with Deontay Johnson back. It seemed like Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron were getting more regular uh, looks. Claypool, probably his best chance is to you know get a long bomb in for, in for a touchdown. And against a team like Baltimore, that seems less likely to me than you know against some weaker competition. If if you knew one of Johnson or Smith Schuster, somebody was going to miss, I'd bump Claypool up. But right now, that's just kind of where he's at. Yeah, um, you know, Matt, you know, because we do the podcast with uh, with each other every week here. I've been all about Deontay Johnson. I've talked about him being the one, even when Claypool was blowing up. I think that continues. I could see Claypool getting involved here some, just because. 
That Ravens defense, as I believe Dennis mentioned earlier, are very good at corner, but I don't know if they can cover all three of those guys in Claypool, Juju, and Deontay, and I wonder if maybe Juju and Deontay get more coverage. Uh, as for the question here, I'm thinking about starting Deontay at flex over Rojo. I would probably do that just because I'm more worried about Rojo split with Fournette than I am Deontay's tough matchup. What about you two? I, I think it's pretty close to a coin flip. Uh, I think Rojo is has shown himself to be a good runner. They trust him running the ball. Uh, you know, he's not going to really help you much in the passing game, and uh, it'll come down to who gets the goal line rushes in Tampa. If Fournette ends up getting not only the passing down work but the goal line rushes as well then that's going to create a big issue for Rojo. Um, I have Johnson as my highest rated receiver in Pittsburgh this week. Um, And so I I probably am going to lean Johnson by a hair. It's, It's close. It's coin flip territory for me. Yeah, I'd take Johnson as well. Uh, and since I'm a bad host, and I, as you guys can clearly see, I'm running around doing like eight things right now. Um, I did forget to mention our Thrive Fantasy bets, and I do not want to forget that. So we did have one on Mahomes, which was 300.5 passing yards. Would you guys take the over or the under? I am taking the over uh, against the Jets. I'm taking the under. I think they're going to run more. I, I'm going to take the under as well. All right. And then for Miami, Devontae Parker, 65.5 receiving yards in this one. I am taking, I think I'm going to take the under. I think he gets Ramsey more often than Williams. What about you two? Yeah, between that and the groin injury, I'm taking the under too. Yeah, and I think the thing that gives me pause the most is we just really don't know who Tua has the chemistry with. Yeah, you know, I know Gesicki's like, oh, it's me, but why? Why is your why is your number one tight end spending all your time running second team with with your backup quarterback? So I don't know how much I, I buy into that, or if yeah. he's trying to provide this self fulfilling prophecy to make sure he gets the ball. Um, I probably lean the under on the Thrive Fantasy prop for uh, Devontae Parker, but that could also be my love for Preston Williams. Eh, there's nothing wrong with that. We're all we are, we're all prejudiced against somebody on this podcast. So, uh, for the Steelers, I'm I'm with you guys, and I do think Big Ben's going to have to show that he can win on the road because this run defense for Baltimore just got even better. Adding Yannick and Gakway, I don't think can he play this week because the trade happened late, didn't it? Or did it happen? It happened. Early? It happened last week. Okay, so he should be on the field then. So, yeah, I don't – Connors looks good, but I don't expect him to have a huge game here, which means they're going to have to rely on passing the balls, which means Big Ben's going to have to come through. Uh, Thrive bet in this one, James Conner, 72.5 rushing yards over or under. It's actually a really good number. I'm going to take the under. I I think unless Conner gets hurt, I I think he's going to get it because it's going to be a close game. And they're gonna, they're, they'll be balanced enough in offense that they'll be that they can put Connor in position to be able to to make some plays. I know that Calais Campbell in there, and you know Brandon Williams. I, I'm not sure if he's back from the COVID list or not. Uh, Baltimore does definitely have some uh, good run defense, but Pittsburgh has shown the willingness 
to pound their lead back and, and even in tough situations. Because they expect they expect when they need a play made, somebody's going to make it. So they're they're not afraid to end up in a third and six because they feel like Ben can get them six yards somehow. Deontay Johnson. Let's hope it's Deontay Johnson doing that because I need him again this week as well. For Baltimore's side, we've got Lamar coming in at QB4, Gus Edwards at RB33, although I have J.K. Dobbins higher. Just want to point that out. Marquise Hollywood-Brown coming in at wide receiver 27, and Mark Andrews coming in at tight and eight. Looks like Ingram is going to miss as he did not practice again today. Looks like, I, I can't assume you guys like Edwards more, but he came up more in our, or he came up higher in our consensus rankings. So how are you capping the Edwards-Dobbins backfield? I'm trying to take a look at that right now. I I ranked Edwards higher. It seemed like when Ingram went out two weeks ago, Edwards was the guy that they gave to try to pound the ball and to get into the goal line territory. And I would expect that that is going to continue. I think both of them will get used, but that's probably where they're going to go. So I have Dobbins at 30 and Edwards at 40. And I think the argument I would make for that is that on a normal week of preparation, you've got Ingram taking a lot of the work because he is your starter. Well, Ingram hasn't been participating much, and I feel like it's been a week where Dobbins has been prepared to take on a bigger role. And if I have to bet on whether I think Dobbins or Edwards is going to make more plays, I'm going to take Dobbins. I think Dobbins is much better pass catcher, a more dynamic runner. Uh, I think in this offense, if Edwards got 20, 25 carries a game, I think he would be be very, very productive. Um, but I think Dobbins would be more productive in that same situation. So I, I'm going to take Dobbins here. Uh, as did I, and I know, Matt, we talked about this the other day. That's what I mentioned was the bye week. I thought that could be big for Dobbins taking over in the backfield. We've seen him getting a little bit more work here and here, here and there. I kind of mentioned it with DeAndre Swift, where we saw once they came out of that bye week, all of a sudden Swift had that big game. I could see that happening with Dobbins here as well. They have finally kind of given him the torch, because as we mentioned on there as well, their carries have been like almost side and side the three of them when all three have been on the field, but Dobbins has been the most productive, and yet they refuse to give him the ball. Now that they've gone into the bye week, give him a little bit more time to get some more practice in with Ingram being out. Dobbins comes out and takes over this backfield. I'm still not expecting a huge game from him just because he's going up against that Steelers defense, but I do think he becomes the lead back. Who are you guys picking to win this one? Does Pittsburgh stay undefeated? Yeah, I'm picking Pittsburgh to win it. But just as a note, uh, so Ingram has 30 carries. Edwards, well, wait, uh, where'd it go? Uh, Ingram has 50 carries. Edwards, 48. Dobbins, 25. But Dobbins has 14 targets to Ingram's five and Edwards, three. So from a play playing time perspective i would expect it to be a fairly even split this week but dobbins will see a spike in his carries whereas i don't expect edwards to see a spike in his uh targets but i took pittsburgh i took pittsburgh as well and on the thrive bet for this one is mark andrews going to get over 57.5 receiving yards i am saying yes i'll take the over too 
Man, he's got to start producing more yardage, doesn't he? What did you? What did you guys Maybe. think of the? Uh, I guess Boyle is listed above him on the depth chart this week. Yeah, maybe because he's a better blocking tight end. That's the only thing I can think of. I, I expect them to want to come out and run the ball. I think that's been one of the biggest issues with their offense, as I've kind of stated on here. I think the fact that they have not been running it as well with their running backs or Lamar has kind of hindered that offense a little bit. Uh, two and four Chargers at the two and four Denver Broncos. We've got Herbert coming in at QB six. Justin Jackson coming in at RB25, Joshua Kelly at RB28, Keenan Allen wide receiver 8, and Hunter Henry tight end 9. Herbert has been on fire. Does that continue against a fairly decent Denver defense? I think so. Sadly, probably. Hey, I think so too. I think I have him at QB3. Herbert has just, he's looked the part. Um, He's, he's very mobile, so when there's pressure, he tends to be able to get out of it and not take a lot of unnecessary sacks. Uh, I think he's doing well when uh, when the running isn't there. He, he avoids the sack, and when the running isn't there, he gets rid of the ball so he doesn't take an unnecessary hit. Uh, Guyton has stepped up. Keenan Allen is doing what Keenan Allen does. Uh, the running backs – could probably be a little more productive. Uh, and Hunter Henry hasn't been quite as productive as I think uh, we would have liked. Uh, Mike Williams has been a disappointment, but I think Jalen Guyton uh, in Williams's absence seems to have uh, stepped up. Uh, I'm curious to see if Donald Parham carves out a definite role in this offense. Uh, you know, he's, when you're six foot eight and 250 pounds and run a four, six, five, I mean, those are, those are measurables you can't teach, and and uh, I've seen Parham flash a little bit, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, this could be the week that uh, Denver fans miss Phil Rivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm all in on Herbert. I, I mean, you guys already know I love the kid. I expect a good game out of him. Uh, Denver here, we've got Melvin Gordon coming in at RB19 and Noah Fant coming in at tight end seven. Locke has struggled since returning from injury. Can he get it turned around against a softer Chargers defense? I will say real bad news uh, that uh, seems to be coming out of Denver today. Graham Glasgow uh, has COVID oh, yeah, and is out, that. and they said there's two people that are now quarantining. I have to imagine those are also uh, members of the starting offensive line group. Um, Philip Lindsay doesn't look like he, uh, to me, I don't think he's clearing the concussion protocol. And now Denver protected the wide receivers it has on its practice squad, uh, which tells me Tim Patrick's not going to play. So signs point to no being the answer to the Drew Locke question. <laughs> uh, so Melvin's going to get 40 carries, huh? And he's probably like going to fumble, fumble the ball five fucking times. He'll fumble the ball three times and rush for 60 yards. Yeah. So fade Denver if you can this week is what we're saying. Yes, um, and also also fade spending time with me on Sunday afternoon as I slog my way through that game while I'm doing laundry. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, no, I was going to pick the Chargers anyways, but now that you've told me all that, I am definitely going with the Chargers. Who are you guys taking? I've Chargers. already picked Denver and Prince, so stick with. <laughs> hey, I, I love the commitment. I'm the same way. Browns could be going up against the Chiefs next week, and you know I'm putting the Browns in the win column. 
Next up, the four and two Saints versus the five and two Bears on New Orleans side. Here we've got Kamara coming in at RB one and Jared Cook coming in at tight and eleven. It looks like Michael Thomas is trending toward playing. If he does, do you trust putting him in your lineup? And where would you rank him this week? As none of us have him ranked at the moment. I mean, you you've got to play him if he plays. I mean, you've got to play Thomas if he plays. I, I just don't know how you don't. So if he does play, I'm probably going to slot him in somewhere around 10 or 12 or 14 uh, with, with, a, with trepidation. But he if he's on the field, he's the number one target. If he plays, I'm playing him. I'm slotting him in low-end wide receiver one and just hoping for Dennis's 100 target, 75 reception plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. If, if they say he's playing, he's going into my lineup. He's just too good not to be in there. And I'd imagine at worst he's going to produce maybe a wide receiver 15 game, which is still better than the, cha- the, better than the player you're probably inserting in place of him. So he's going in your lineup. Um, Chicago side here. News did just get worse earlier while we were recording. I figured I'd wait till we got to the game. Montgomery coming in at RB 16, Graham tight and 12. Robinson not only looks like a long shot, it looks like he's definitely missing this game. He is still in concussion protocol as of today. With him being out, is there a wide receiver you would trust to play, or is it just Graham and Montgomery? I'm all aboard the Darnell Mooney train. Uh, I've pulled Robinson out of my ranks. I do not expect him to play. And I have Darnell Mooney at wide receiver 25. Very nice. (sighs) Mooney is probably the one I would trust more than Miller, but um, to me, he'd still be a lower end flex. I don't think I would have him as high as Dennis does. I think I might have him close. I know I have him ranked. I was trying to um, pull that up really quick because I'm with that defense has not looked good. I could easily see him jumping up. Where do I have him? So I have him. Oh, I only have him at 45, so I don't have him that high. But I have him at 45 right now with Allen Robinson for sure being out. I'll probably jump him up to 30, maybe into the to the low-end 20s. I, I do like Mooney. Uh, he's looked good. He's a guy that I've actually stashed on a couple of my dynasty rosters now. So I do think that he has a real shot there once they get a good quarterback. But I think that's the biggest thing that's going to hold them back. We kind of saw that uh, Monday night against the Rams. That good defensive front had Nick Foles kind of panicking and scrambling around as much as possible. Couldn't get the ball to his receivers. I would argue that the Saints front is almost just as good. So that's kind of what worries me the most about this game. All right, so let's play a little either-or. So Darnell Mooney or Devontae Parker? Parker. Parker. Darnell Mooney or Corey Davis? Oh, Mooney. I don't trust Davis ever. Corey Davis. Uh, Mooney or Ruggs? Mooney. Yeah, Mooney. Mooney or Schuster? Ooh. I'm definitely playing Juju. Mooney, and I don't feel good saying that either. I really don't. You know, when he has one catch for two yards on Monday, I hope we uh, we clip the audio of this and just play it back. I will. Hey, look, I love Juju. You know I love Juju, but that matchup, he has not looked good this year. I mean, Mooney's going to be the one, I think, on the field for the Bears. Well, and and Mooney, what, 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 what not that really meant? Allen Robinson's an elite talent and barely got 10 points last week. Oh, Come on, That's good secondary Mo- though. Mooney or CD Lamb? Lamb. 
uh, Moody. I did so, not rank Alan Robinson, Alan, and I had Mooney in the forties. So I just don't so, trust Ben DiNucci. But Allen Robinson uh, is what wide receiver eleven on the season. Yeah, going into this week, something yeah. like that. So you know, Mooney is going to absorb a good portion of those targets. I mean, it's not going to be Riley Ridley or the ghost of Jimmy Graham. I just I don't know Miller Miller Mooney and Montgomery. If you if you go back and look at that game, and it's not even just that game, you go back and look at multiple games, how how wide open he's got Nick Foles has missed him, which I guess you could then argue, well, that's Nick Foles is missing him. He's not putting up the points, but eventually he's going to connect on one of those. And I just don't think the Saints defense is good. They've gotten better throughout the year, but they're still not a good pass defense like they were last year. So I, I trust Nick Foles and Mooney connect on one big play, and that makes your day. I mean, I don't see that coming from Juju. I don't see it coming. Well, I guess it could happen with Ruggs because that's what he does. But for me, that's what I'm going. It's going to end up coming from Ted Ginn Jr. Well, when <laughs> Trubisky starts the second half, you'll be able to feel a lot better about things going forward with the Bears, Darnell Mil- Mooney, and Anthony Miller. Yeah. <sighs> Bears fans just uh, blocked our show on Twitter. All right, so with us knowing that now it looks like Mitchell Trubisky is going to come in at halftime, who are you picking to win, the Saints or the Bears? Saints. Yeah, Saints. I got the Saints. All right, 49 or Seahawks. Four and three 49ers versus five and one Seahawks. We've got McKinnon coming in, RB24, Ayuk, wide receiver 22, Kittle at tight end one. Are you trusting in playing McKinnon this week with a report that I just saw earlier today that there's a chance Tevin Coleman does play this week? And, and McKinnon God. is suffering from tired legs, is what they said. So, I mean, he's had two years off. He's still tired. <laughs> well, he's got to get back into game shape. Um, my concern with Coleman is very much like last week with McKinnon. Everything looks normal going into it, and then Coleman plays three plays, and Shanahan goes, oh, yeah, that was our plan all along. Uh, yeah. It, it, But it could also, you know, any one of those running backs could get 15 carries for 120 yards at, at yeah. any given time. It's such a crapshoot there. I think unless McKinnon, I, 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 I'd have to think McKinnon is going to be the two behind Hasty and and Coleman. Uh, unless we hear more glowing practice reports about Coleman the rest of this weekend, uh, I'd, I'd be hesitant to start McKinnon as anything more than a deep flex, and McCol- and Coleman even after lower than that. Yeah, I mean, running back roulette in San Francisco is always tough, but uh, with you know with Mostert out, Wilson out, I'm not sure that Coleman comes back. That's not what I would want to bank on. So McKinnon feels like the best shot right now, um, but it's hard to trust any of them. It's hard to trust the rotations that they're using in San Francisco. Uh, you know, maybe it was the plan to rest him all along last week, but that certainly seemed like a surprise, and that certainly seemed like a a convenient answer in a press conference. All right, on Seattle's side here, we've got Wilson coming in at QB three. Carlos Hyde. Well, I guess we should change that. Carlos Hyde uh, probably not playing. Metcalf wide receiver five. Tyler Lockett 
wide receiver 13 with Hyde likely to miss. What are we expecting from DJ Dallas and Travis Homer? So is he now likely to miss? Cause they just said, he yeah, was the, 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 the stuff I saw earlier today and I, I, well, me and Dennis can't say why, but let's just trust the source that trust us that DJ Dallas is going to get a big workload this week. I'll put I it saw the way. same thing you did. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for, I keep forgetting. Yeah. So DJ Dallas, he's DJ Dallas in for a big workload this week. What are we expecting from him and Travis Homer? Homer's well, banged up now too. Yeah, I think oh, I think Hyde is healthier. I think Hyde is healthier than Homer. I think yeah, Hyde Hyde's gets healthier the start. than Homer. Wow. I, I think Hyde gets the start. Uh, I think Homer is going to be the change of pace back in the receiving back. Not Homer, uh, Dallas. Uh, Dallas. Yeah. I, so I, I, it won't surprise me if it breaks down like this that Dallas plays sixty percent of the snaps. Hyde gets fifty percent of the carries, and Homer, or excuse me, Dallas gets you know eighty percent of the targets for the running back, um, which will lead to. Dallas having the bigger workload, um, but they but you know Hyde is a reliable, dependable, if unspectacular pro NFL running back. He's he's good in the pass blocking game. He's t- a tough runner. He's going to gut it out, and, and he he just is he he's reached that level in his career. Uh, kind of where Adrian Peterson was the last three or four years before he got to this year where it's not quite as good. Uh, but Hyde is, he, you know, he's turning into, he's in that Frank Gore stage now. He's going to come in. He's going to give you four yards of carry. Uh, he might not carry the ball 25 times, but if you need a game out of him to carry the ball 25 times, he's going to get you 90 yards on 25 carries and a touchdown. Uh, he's going to do all the right things. And, so long as that hamstring holds up just enough, uh, I expect it to be a fairly even split with the carries. Uh, Dallas probably will be the more productive from a fantasy standpoint, unless Hyde is the one pounding the ball into the end zone. So, you know, it's ironic to me that both of the times that we've had Chris Carson injured this season, not Carlos Hyde also got injured because that, so that worked out real well for them bringing somebody over he looked good uh displacing him last week but uh the teeth of the san francisco defense is their front their their secondary has struggled a lot more and the power of the seahawks offense has been in the passing game so i think more than anything this is uh, a continuation of let russ cook well i i definitely think that that they're, they're gonna pass the ball to open up running opportunities the, the majority of the injuries the San Francisco defense has taken on has been to their defensive line. They've lost two of their four starters in, at the defensive line, one of which is arguably the best defensive lineman in the NFL. Um, so it, it, while it, it kind of offsets each other, the Seahawks, they pass to set up the run now. That's what their offense has become. And they do it probably just about better than anybody else. So it's going to provide the opportunity. Do I expect the Seahawks to rush the ball 35 times? I, I think we're probably looking 13 carries for Hyde and eight carries for Dallas, and then maybe eight eight targets for Dallas. Who are you guys picking to win this game, the Seahawks or the 49ers? Seahawks. Seahawks. 
as am uh Sunday night game, the two and four Cowboys at the two, four and one Philadelphia Eagles. We've got Zeke coming in at RB five, Amari Cooper at wide receiver 17, CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver 26. Are you expecting any kind of competence out of this uh, Cowboys offense with now Ben DiNucci in at quarterback? Well, there's still a chance for Andy Dalton. They said if he can practice on Saturday, he's going to play. So even the Cowboys are holding out hope they don't have to experience the Ben Ben DiNucci era. Well, if Cooper Rush has been quarantining this whole time, maybe he makes it through an accelerated COVID program. Now, I, I think... You know what, Danucci? He's a small school guy, mm-hmm. and it, it's we what we don't really know anything about him. It, it's not like he can be a whole lot worse than what Dalton has been playing. You know, Danucci yeah. may go out there and Gardner Minshew yolo it and be like, "What the hell do I have to lose?" Well, and, he really and, has nothing to lose. Exactly. So you know he hits a couple passes and, and the defense has to go, hold on, you know, cause Philadelphia's uh, defense isn't, isn't all that. Uh, they, they definitely have some issues at the uh, uh, defensive back position. So I, I definitely think that Zeke is going to have to move the ball effectively to provide Danucci with, a semblance of balance to keep the the Philadelphia defense uh, on their toes. So it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game between two teams that are largely disabled on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean that's the thing for me, Zeke. It, you know, we understand the passing game's taken some hits. Their line obviously has taken some hits, but Ezekiel Elliott has not looked like the same explosive player, especially the last three games, which is when they've arguably needed him the most. If he can kind of snap back, that will open up some more space. I, you know, I'm still probably playing Cooper um, because even with terrible passing numbers last week, he still got seven for 80. That's still a decent floor, but they're big time weapons you know if you have other options that's where you might consider them yeah i mean we all have zeke high but he's the one that worries me the most if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. because i feel like defenses are going to be able to key in on him and i think that's the best part of the eagles defense you can pass on him you can't necessarily run on them as easily that that's what worries me about zeke i want him to be really good but i just don't know if he is going to be on Philly's side here, we've got Wentz coming in at QB5. Uh, Boston Scott, RB13. Travis Fulgham at 24. Jalen Rager is expected to play. Uh, with him being back, that should help Wentz carry this offense a little bit more. What are you expecting from Wentz and Jalen Rager this uh, Sunday night against a bad Cowboys defense? I, I think that uh, they're going to slot Rager into the Deshaun Jackson role. Um, and while he may be more versatile than that, Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham have shown that they can that they can pick up the slack when it comes to the short and intermediate passing game. Richard Rodgers has looked probably better than Zach Ertz looked all season, uh, and Rodgers is more of a catch-and-fall tight end, uh, but he's been getting open in the zone. Uh, Fulgham looks like the real deal, though, uh, on the small sample size. Uh, he's he's looking good, and, and Greg Ward is using 
his understanding of offense is learned from playing quarterback in college to be able to find uh, holes in the zone. So if those two can produce underneath and pull those safeties up, I will not be the least bit surprised if if Carson Wentz takes two or three deep shots with Jalen Rager and hits at least one of them. Yeah, I think they're going to try to get him involved. Uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday when it became clear he was going to go in. As much as we make fun of these teams, this is actually a battle for first place in the division. <laughs> Cowboys defense has not been very good. Carson Wentz has looked pretty good against better defenses with fewer weapons than what he's going to have this week. Fulgham's come on. Ward's been doing well. Raiders going to be back. Boston Scott's look like a capable fill-in. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles win this one pretty handily. Yeah, goes back to what we talked about yesterday with Rager when we thought Rager might come back. Uh, Fulgham, I think, gets the better matchup here because he's been so good, which leaves means, as Dennis mentioned, Rager possibly gets one of those big touchdown plays. Need it big time now with A-Rob going out. Rager's, Rager's the guy I have to slot in now, knowing A-Rob's likely not going to play. So hoping for a big game from Rager here, and I'm taking the Eagles to beat the Dallas Cowboys. What about you guys? I'm also taking the Eagles. I have the Eagles as well. Last game of week eight, the five and two Buccaneers at the one and six Giants, if you want to call it a game. Brady, QB nine, Ronald Jones, RB 18, Leonard Fournette, RB 23, Mike Evans, wide receiver 16, Gronkowski, tight and five. No Godwin this week and no AB either. Are we expecting finally a wide receiver? I guess he's had one, another wide receiver one week from Mike Evans. Let's hope. Yeah, I don't have a lot of shares of Evans. Maybe I don't have any. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's Scotty Miller is the one that's putting a monkey wrench in everything. Uh, Evans is he's reliable at what he does, um, but he needs a certain amount of space to do it. And I don't know if he's fully healthy. I know he's been struggling with some leg injuries, and big guys tend to have a lot of trouble. They don't come back from leg injuries as quickly. And uh, he's what now, 27, 28 years old. Um, he's, he's still good. He's still really good. And, and I, I think he's going to be a difference maker, uh, in some games, but we've seen Tyler Johnson show out a little bit, uh, Scotty Miller, definitely. Um, and Rob Gronkowski's starting to show flashes, um, of the old Gronk. Uh, it's a little bit like Toby Keith, you know, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. You just don't know when that's going to be. You just don't, don't know when that's going to be for Gronkowski. Yeah, I think I think Evans will be better this week. I think if nothing else, he'll he'll probably go back to getting a, a goal line uh, catch. I think he had had an incredible streak of catching touchdowns uh, that went back to last season that kind of got snapped uh, last week. But the bigger question for me with all of these passing weapons is, the Giants aren't very good. The Giants also had one of their premier offensive linemen go on the COVID list and had yeah. to quarantine the rest of the starters. We don't know who's coming back. The Buccaneers could easily get up pretty well and just turn the ball over to Jones and Fournette and be happy to cruise. That way they've done that in a couple of games this year. I think that could be a more of a danger to Evans than the other receiving competition. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of what I'm expecting. And this one, I, I don't expect it to be much of a game here. Uh, for the Giants, we've got Shepard at 30, wide receiver 33, and Slayton at wide receiver 42. Mm -hmm. I mean, are, 
do you feel safe starting either one of them or, or no? I mean, I, I can't see starting anybody outside of those two. Well, we, we play in some very deep leagues. And so I think for the most part, if we have these guys, we're probably starting them in a flex spot, third or fourth flex. Um, and given what we expect the game script to be, the Buccaneers up by three scores, that Jones is going to have to try to make plays down the field with throwing the ball. Uh, I'm definitely not going to start any running backs. I'm not starting Freeman, not starting Gallman. Uh, Freeman uh, may not even play. He's not practicing still, so it could be. All right. Well, I'm not starting Gallman. I'm not starting Lewis. Uh, I has anymore. It seems like I hesitate to start Evan Ingram when even when I know they're going to be passing because Ingram is stinking up the joint. But Shepard and Slayton, you know, in a blowout, they could each turn in close to a hundred yard games and maybe a touchdown. Yeah. So Shepard went back on the injury report, which is a little bit of a blow, but it looked like based on last week, he seemed to. He's probably the bet that I feel the safest going well, there. That's like his he, summer home, the injury report. That's kind of where Shepard yeah. lives in his offense. It's like Ingram's summer home is dropping the ball. Um, it really, you know, we'll have to see what linemen end up getting to come in. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the Giants, period. Even if Freeman played, you wouldn't want a running back because their line's damaged, and the Buccaneers are incredible against the run they also had a pretty ferocious pass rush given daniel jones proclivity to turn the ball over um i would i'm fading them pretty hard yeah i mean i liked what i saw out of shepherd last week um i hope that he can continue doing that moving forward i i don't really trust slayton i've, I've kind of pulled him out of all my lineups he's kind of become matchup based for me I, I like him but with as bad as that offensive line has looked and then again as I mentioned with Matt before, when Saquon Barkley went down, I think that's kind of been the biggest issue with their offense, not being able to run the ball has affected Slayton as well. So uh, Sterling Shepard is kind of the only guy that I trust, and I am taking the Bucks to win this game. Yeah, I'm taking the Buccaneers, and we could even tell that Dennis on mute was taking the Buccaneers because no one in their right mind's taking the Giants. Yeah. All right. That, so That would oh, be wait. correct. Thrive bet on that game. I'm sorry. I've got so much stuff going on. This is driving me insane. Was it that game or nope? It was the Monday night, Sunday night game. Good God. Wentz, 255.5 passing yards over or under? Over. The the on, only thing that gives me pause is if they get up and they're not throwing the ball. Uh, but I think 255.5 is probably fairly comfortable for Wentz. It'll, it'll be uh, – I took the over. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'll take the over as well. Sorry. Yeah. I thought – I didn't think yeah. you said anything. All right. So that will do it for us today. Uh, me and Matt will be back on Monday to recap all of these games. Hopefully I'll be moving to like three and four in most of my leagues or something like that because I've just – it's been a bad year again for me. Uh, outside of that, good luck in all of your fantasy matchups, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory. Unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team.
throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, they tackle him at the 40 